Well, like I said, my name's Sawyer. I'm a middle school MA here. Uh, I'm going to be here all year hanging out with you guys. I'm excited to see you guys every single Wednesday. It's going to be a blast. For those of you guys who don't know, something big recently just happened in my life. Very big. I got married. But, like I said, I've been married for three weeks. Three whole weeks. And I'm not saying I'm an expert or anything, but I have learned a couple of things about marriage. Right? So this thing I've, I, this thing I've been learning really throughout our entire life relationship, is I can talk the talk, right? You can talk the talk in a, in a marriage or a relationship, but the question is, can you walk the walk, right? So I can say things to Kara, like, I love you. Can't wait to spend the rest of our, my life with you. I, 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 would, I would give my life for you, or I just want to serve you, right? All these things I can say, but the question is, am I going to actually follow through on those things? Am I going to walk the walk? It's easy to talk the talk, but it's harder to walk the walk, right? And I've noticed that as my love grows for Kara, right, my wife, I desire to serve her more, right? So these things that I I don't normally usually do, like maybe cooking. Does anyone like cooking out there? Okay, y'all are better than me. So I, I just started cooking. I'm not very good at all. Last night, I actually, like, burnt up our chicken and, and put too much seasoning on it. It was rough, right? We, we had to get Taco Bell for dinner instead. Yep. Or maybe, maybe, maybe doing laundry for the both of us, right? I love Kara, so I want to serve her, and I want to do our laundry, right? So I'm starting to want to do these things because I love her, to serve her, not of obligation. You guys listening? But because I love her, Right? And I'm not saying I'm perfect to this. I'm far from perfect. Actually, just this past week, me and Kara, we went to Hattie B's. Has anyone ever been to Hattie B's before? Hattie B's, it's great. It's really good. It's Nashville hot chicken. So we went there. We got some chicken tenders. And after the meal, um, Kara had a couple chicken tenders left over. So we boxed them up. We took them home. And the next day, the next morning, Kara had work before me. So I I was staying home. I was eating lunch. And she she said, Sawyer, you can... You can eat those chicken tenders that we, that we took home yesterday from Hattie B's. And that's about all I heard, right? So lunch comes around. I'm getting hungry. So I, so I toss these chicken tenders in the oven, and then I eat the chicken tenders, okay? So then Kara comes back for lunch, and she says, she says Sawyer, where are my chicken tenders at? And I was like, wait, wait. you told me that, that I could eat these chicken tenders. And she said, Sawyer, you weren't listening. I said, you can have them at first. But then I said, wait, maybe we can eat them at lunch together. And it it was so sad. It was so sad because I had eaten her chicken tenders that she was looking forward to coming home, right? So I'm not saying that I'm perfect or anything like that. I'm far from perfect. I'm I'm just learning and stuff like that. But, But I have been learning that it's much harder to 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 walk the walk than it is just to talk the talk, right? But bottom line is I, I love my wife and I want to serve her, right? So I'm, I'm learning that. But my love for her is not just shown by the things I say. It has to be backed up by action. And this is kind of the same thing in our relationship with the Lord, right? We can say these things like, God, I surrender my life to you. Lord, I want to use this day to glorify you. I want to go share your gospel. I want to do all these things, right? But sometimes, if we were honest, our lives and the action that we put behind those words, they're not really there, right? Sometimes we say these things, but we don't really follow through, right? We're, we're talking the talk, but we're not really 
walking the walk. So tonight we're going to ask the question, what does it mean to abide in the Lord? What does it mean to abide in the Lord? Our bottom line today is we obey God because we love God. Everybody say it with me. We obey God because we love God. Good. All right, so tonight we're going to be reading from the book of 1 John, chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. So we got one verse right here up on the board, but you guys can open up your Bibles together. While you're doing that, I'll give you kind of some background for what we're reading through. So who can guess who wrote the book of 1 John? John. You're all geniuses. Incredible. Good job. Give yourself a pat on the back. John, the apostle, the apostle John, wrote 1 John. And the apostle, that just means you're a messenger for Christ. So Paul, uh, John was an, a messenger for Christ, and he wrote 1 John, this letter, around 100 A.D. So that would be around 70 years after the resurrection of Jesus. That's kind of the timetable we're working with. And it's believed that John wrote these three letters to the surrounding churches in the area to kind of call back to an ob- obedience to the gospel. Okay? So let's open up and read so we're doing 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. Let's read. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this, we may know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So we're going to be camping out kind of in this this verse 6 right here that's up on the board behind me. So we we see a key word in that last verse, verse 6. Who can tell me what the key word is? Abides. Yes, I heard it. Abides, right? So we got to figure out what this key word means in this verse. So abide means to literally take up residence or to reside. Um, So we can kind of think about it kind of like our houses, right? That's where we take up residence. That's where we reside, okay? And there's a a verse that kind of sheds some more light on what it means to abide in Christ. So Luke 10.27 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Right? So love the Lord your God with all your what? Heart. And with all your what? Soul. And with all your what? Strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your strength. Right? So this verse in Luke is saying, in order to abide in Christ, in order to take up residence in him and walk in the way that Jesus walked, We must have a changed heart, a changed mind, and lastly, changed actions. So those are kind of going to be our three points points today. In order to abide in Christ, to walk in the way that Jesus walked, must have a changed heart, a changed mind, and changed actions. All right, so let's look at that first point, changed heart. So what does the Bible mean when it talks about a changed heart? When we think about a heart, we usually think about that, that beating thing that's in our chest, right, that, um, that everyone has, that everyone needs. It's very important. But whenever the Bible talks about a heart, 
we can kind of look at it in a different way. We can look at it as who we truly are, maybe like our soul, right? Who we truly are deep down within. So God's word kind of sheds some light on, on our hearts as human beings. So God's word tells us that our hearts are naturally hardened towards the things of God. It even goes as far as to say that we are enemies of God before we come to know him, right? And this is because this thing called sin that separates us from God. So Romans 3.23 says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. So God is perfect. He's never sinned, right? And we are born into sin, and we naturally rebel against the ways of God is what this, is what this Bible tells us, right? So we don't want to do what, what our creator says to do, right? We'd rather go our own path, right? We'd rather go our own way. We want to be our own gods, in a sense, is, is what the Bible tells us. And we can see that play out in our own lives. So Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, Paul says this. He says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of air the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So this verse, Paul talks about, these three verses, Paul talks about how we are separated from God and we, we're, actually, we're actually stuck in our sin. We're stuck in our, transpa- our, our trespasses and we're actually dead in our sin. So we can kind of think about it this way. We're stuck and we're dead in our sin. We're, we're kind of face down in the mud, unable to lift ourselves up, and we're in need of a Savior, is what, is what our Bible tells us. So if we go back to our Ephesians passage, Ephesians 2, four, verses 4 and 5 say, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved, right? So we're face down in this mud, right? Unable to save ourselves because of our sin, unable to make it to God because of our sin. But this passage basically says, but God. Everybody say, but God. But God. But God came and he rescued us. He sent his son Jesus to come and live the perfect sinless life on our behalf, right? And Jesus died on the cross, took took upon the wrath that we deserve for our sin, But then he rose again three days later, defeating death, defeating hell, defeating the grave, so that we could be in relationship with him. This is this gospel that we talk about so much here at church, right? That this gospel that has saved us from death. So we are no longer enemies of God. When we when we believe, right? Well, first we repent. Repent means what? Repent means to do a one a one eighty, a one eighty turn away from our sin. And then we believe. Believe in the finished work of the cross. Believe that Jesus was Lord and that he came and lived the perfect sinless life for us and that when we trust in his work of salvation, we will be saved. And then the last one is just receive. Receive this free gift that, he's, that he offers in himself, this free gift of eternal life and a relationship with him. So once we do this, once we do this, once we have this change of heart inside of us, our hearts no longer desire the things that it once did, right? So we do a complete 180 turn from our sin, whatever that sin may be, and the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us, and we start to love God more than we love our sin. So this is when we have true heart change, when we repent, believe, and receive. Everybody say repent, believe, believe, and receive. 
Good job, good job. So in order to abide in Christ, like we talked about earlier, what does it mean to abide in Christ? In order to abide in Christ, we must first have a heart change. That's, that's step number one. And once this, this heart change happens, we start to live in gratitude and thankfulness for all that he has done for us. We can't help but serve him and give every part of our lives to him because we realize that we just went from death to life in, in Christ alone. And all we had to offer was our sin. That was the best thing that we had to offer. It's the worst trade in history for God, right? All we had to offer was our sin, but he delights in saving us, right? So from this point on, we start to obey God because we love God. We start to obey God because we love God. So our second point, going back to our second point. So the first point, a changed heart. Everybody say a changed heart. Changed heart. The second point is a changed mind. So when the Bible talks about having a changed mind, it's talking about changing the way that we view things. The things that we believe, listen to this, the things that we believe are naturally going to seep into the way that we live, right? So what we believe matters because it's going to determine the way that we live. Romans 12.2 says this, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds, that by testing that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. So our minds are changed in Christ after we are saved. And the things, like I said before, the things we once loved, we no longer want to love anymore. We want to love God more than we love our sin. So as we start to read our Bible and renew our minds, we start to love God more than we love our sin. So to put in perspective, who likes Chick-fil-A here? Does anyone not like Chick-fil-A? I feel like everyone likes Chick-fil-A. Does anyone not like Chick-fil-A? Okay, we got a few, right? So Chick-fil-A. I didn't really grow up, grow up going to Chick-fil-A. Um, my family kind of went to McDonald's more often. But once I started driving, we started going to Ch- I started going to Chick-fil-A a lot, right? Chick-fil-A is like my favorite restaurant. It's like my jam. Who, who else is Chick-fil-A is their favorite restaurant? Yep. So with Chick-fil-A, my classic meal was always the number one, right? Who else gets the number one at Chick-fil-A? Yep. That's the chicken sandwich, the fries, and I always get the sweet tea. And you, all, you, can't, you can't forget about the Chick-fil-A sauce too, right? Chick-fil-A sauce. But, but what happened was a few years ago, they got a new item on the menu, okay? And this item was the spicy chicken sandwich, okay? Amen. Hallelujah. The spicy chicken sandwich, all right? And this changed the game for me, okay? It's like I said, I used to love this number one meal, right, the regular chicken sandwich, but once I tasted and saw of the goodness of this spicy chicken sandwich, I couldn't go back to that old regular sandwich, right? Like, this was my new jam. This was like my go-to order. No way am I ever ordering that original Chick-fil-A sandwich, right? Does anyone get the pepper jack cheese on the, on the spicy chicken sandwich? You got to try it. You got to try it. It's really good. It's, it's amazing, right? But in the same way, just like how, man, once, once I found this new spicy chicken sandwich, I ditched the old chicken sandwich. I didn't, I didn't want that anymore. I, that couldn't be a part of my life. In the same way, in the same way, when our heart is changed by the gospel, right, the, the fact that Jesus came lived the perfect sinless life on my behalf. He died and he rose again, right, to, to be in relationship with us. We never want to go back to that old life, right? There might be bits and pieces where like, man, I kind of miss my old life, but, but Jesus, you're too good, right? 
So in the same way, like, I, I, didn't, I don't want that old chicken sandwich. I want the spicy chicken sandwich. It's, it's, it's my jam, right? So our, our minds are forever changed, and they are constantly being changed when we read God's word, get in solid Christian community, and we start praying that God would make us more like Jesus, right? So after we experience a heart change, we then start to experience a renewed mind because of the Holy Spirit and God's word. We start to further abide in him, obey him, and ultimately we obey God because we love God. So our third point, lastly, we got a changed heart. Everybody say changed heart. You guys can sit down. I'm not going yet. <laughs> changed heart. We got a changed mind, and then we got changed actions, right? So this last one, changed actions. So in our third point, after we've experienced this, this heart change and this mind change, right, we start to see our lives day by day, how we live, become different. It's not the same as it once was. So we desire now to serve God. We desire to love people like Jesus did by putting their needs before our own and others will see something different about us, right? They'll start to wonder, what does that person have? How are they finding so much joy in their everyday life whenever everyone, everyone else around me is discouraged, right? Why do they look different? This is when we can go back to our, our first John verse. First John 2, 6 says, whoever abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So God desires for us to walk in the same way that Jesus walked. So he desires for us to be holy. He desires for us to die to ourselves, to pick up our cross daily, right? He desires for us to glorify him in anything that we do. And with God's help, we start to put sin to death. And this doesn't mean that we walk in perfection, right? Is anyone perfect in here? No, no one's perfect. We all fall short, right? Even, even when we're in a relationship with God, we fall short, right? But it matters how we respond, right? Do we, whenever we fall short, whenever we sin, we can come to God and repent. We can repent and we can turn away and we can receive his forgiveness that he bought on our behalf. And this is kind of just like my, my, my first little story, right? Whenever my wife knows her, not just by me saying I love her, right? My, life, my, my wife knows that I love her, not just by me saying I love her, but because of the action that I put behind that. So we're no longer just talking the talk. We're walking the walk. So what do we do with this? I got three points of application today. So maybe some of you are wondering, you're thinking, have I ever had that heart change myself? Have I ever experienced a heart change in my own life where I repented, believed, and received in the finished work of Jesus, right? So maybe you got to wrestle with that today. Maybe that's your application to start to wrestle. Do I really know God? And if I do really know him, am I serving him? Not, not out of obligation or for trying to attain his love for me. He already loves us, right? But we serve him because we love him. My second point of application for the rest of us, maybe we've already made Jesus the Lord of our lives. Maybe we've already professed faith in him, right? But what would it look like for you to start to serve him because you love him? Not out of obligation, like I said, but because you love him. And then lastly, we got to remember that the good life is found in Christ. Everybody say the good life. Everybody say it's found in Christ. I mean, do we truly believe that? Do we truly believe that the good life is found in Christ. We were made to be in relationship with God. You were created to worship God, but so often we find ourselves worshiping other things, right, that are passing away. So this week, we've got to take some self-inventory and really ask yourself, do you believe that in Jesus we find the good life?